All right, so I'm over here at <laughs> Coach Nick's. Trying to enjoy an espresso. Trying to enjoy an espresso, which I've mistakenly uh, dropped a spoonful of sugar in and stirred too uh, vigorously. As a result, now I have a um, hot cup of black mud that I have to wait for it to settle before I can truly enjoy it. Uh, those of you who uh, drink Italian coffee know what I'm talking about, or Turkish coffee. I mix the bottom up, <laughs> so it's going to take a minute. To, there's a little sludge in there's there. There's a little sludge in there. Anyway, uh, we're uh, we're here at Coach Nick's. Uh, myself and I uh, have been thinking all this week. There's so much going on. I know there was a couple of subjects that you wanted to discuss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's let's hear it. What, what's on your mind, Coach but, Nick? But the what are you same thinking? thing that's on the re- the mind of the rest of the country, Don Cherry. Oh, Don Cherry. Yeah. You know what? You know, it's funny. When I first heard the story break, and, and for the people who don't know, let's lay the groundwork first. Sure. Okay, so so Don Cherry, you know, a well-known hockey uh, icon. 35 years, Hockey Night can. Was it 40? I thought it, I thought it was, or was it okay, said almost 40. I almost thought 40 sure, or 40. it's a hell of a long so, time. So, you know, we've got this Canadian... You know, icon. hockey icon. Yeah. You know, of the voice. And, you know, and he's well known for putting material out there that's you know off off the cuff and definitely uh, filterless. And so this is a man well known for his outspoken nature and uh, somewhat abrasive at times uh, personality. Be, but is he really abrasive, or is he just telling it like it is? Well, you know, I, I guess and I people guess people are a little soft because they don't like the weight because he doesn't pull punches. Yeah, he doesn't flower it up and and. and and sugarcoat it. Okay, so maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, you know part of the generation that's gotten a little too soft because I mean like I like I mean he, I'm sure he's a really nice man, but in this is part of his you know TV personality. But I mean yeah. maybe maybe he started his broadcast by you know just being a little bit angry, and you know maybe that's how you know he worked up the uh, you know the energy and uh, that, he, that he provides a performance you know like of, fair enough. Yeah, but so there there's this guy you know he's 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 up there on the mic. It's Don Cherry, and he spills, um, you know, a bit of a rant, which he's well known for. But in in the rant is included uh, the term, you know, you people. You people. You people. And, you know, a lot of people jumped to his defense immediately and said, well, you people doesn't technically count as, as you know, a racist-type comment. But, you know, it's being... It's being Kind People of interpreting that, and it's kind of again labeling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, but you know what, though, um, I, could he have selected? And, and this is this is me forever being the you know the mediator. Could he have selected you know different terms? Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sure, sure he could have. Yeah. You know, do, do I think that the man was trying to simply motivate people to appreciate you know uh, our country's veterans and those lost and, and you know conflict and the people I, that serve? You know, I think that's what he was trying to accomplish. I, I think this this the the reaction. The reaction to this whole situation, I think, sums up uh, the unfortunate circumstance of our society today. Yeah. And, and, and that being, people are not even looking to the message; no. they're just looking at the wrapping. How is the present? How is the present wrapped? Doesn't matter what it is. How is the present wrapped? What's the no? People are totally ignoring the message, and I think. I think the message is, and it's a legit message, is, listen, we need to, we need to support our troops. We need to be respectful of those that, uh, you know, spilled their blood so we could sit here and do a podcast, have espresso, so I could teach my kids in, in uh, a warm classroom with, with, you know, pencils and everything that we need. That's, that's what we need to keep in mind, and that's the message that gets lost. 
Yeah, it's, it's very it's very unfortunate. But I mean, now to fast forward in the story, he made these comments, left uh, left for the night, and I guess he came back to uh, being fired. And was the next uh, day. The next day, and I, I, I'm I'm not certain of this, but I think he um, didn't offer to retract his statement. I don't no. know if he. I don't. I don't believe he was asked to, but he wasn't. He wasn't backpedaling and saying that you know uh, that he was in needing to make an apology for a racist statement because he never intended it that way. Yeah. Uh, even you know after. You know, after he was fired on Remembrance Day, for, of, of all things, uh, of all on things, Remembrance on Remembrance Day. Day, standing up for our veterans, uh, it would appear that Don Cherry, you know, managed to you know bap off a couple of interviews uh, with a few people, and and has Tucker Carlson yeah. in the states. Yeah, I yeah. Think he's on Fox, isn't he? Yeah, like do I do I think I think when you get to be that age, and you know, uh, let's face facts, Dude's you know, eighty five. He's eighty five years old. You know, he's a senior citizen. He's he's seen a lot of change. You know, as an eighty five year old, he would have been around. You know, during some of the wilder years of uh, Canadian, you know, sort of culture and history. Yep. Uh, you know, to expect to expect uh, too much from uh, a guy known for kind of. You know, saying things in a gruff manner. I, I think it was pretty unforgiving uh, of Rogers to uh, dispel him like a like a you know. Like, well, it just goes to show that you can lump them in with the rest of the liberal left. Yeah, or, right, or, and the left media, or at the very or at the very least, uh, you know, scumming scumming to the pressure uh, of, a, of a vocal minority. Because I really don't believe that people are that it, stupid. People are they're, 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 <laughs> yeah, like they're just they're just too scared to take a little bit of heat. Yeah. And what does it boil down to? Dollars and cents. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so a lot of people are talking about boycotting Rogers and unsubscribing, you know, subscribing. And yeah. I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly wouldn't watch them after a move like that. Uh, if I took in hockey, I don't. And I, and I know that a lot of people want to watch it, but I mean, you know, to, to allow them to treat, you know, a, a national hero more or less that way, um, it's horrible. And how about his partner of all those years, Ron McLean? You, 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 freaking <laughs> soft little pussy. Yeah. Like you are just a little man right now. Like support your dude. You can disagree with him, but support him. You said nothing. You are so, like totally lost any respect that I had for you, as I'm sure a lot of other people did. Is that you just cower, don't want to say anything. You know what? Stuff it up your ass, you, you little freaking. I can't say what I want. To <laughs> yeah, say. it's 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 abundantly clear that you're displeased with. Uh, well, his... I, I just don't like when when <laughs> like people don't have each other's back, especially yeah. when you've been together for 30 years yeah. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And I think I, I found this. Can I read this? I yeah, found this this little excerpt online the last couple of days, and I was kind of surfing around trying to find varying opinions on uh, on different things with respect to the Don Cherry uh, yeah. situation. And I saw, it, it, but I couldn't find who the original, who the author was. Yeah. And, and it said, it, it goes, I'm an American and I'm just going to leave this here. In 2010 on Christmas Day, Don Cherry came to Afghanistan to spend the entire day and night with the, with the soldiers. He spent the day traveling and su- to several remote outposts where Canadians and Americans were, were emplaced. He came under enemy fire three separate times during the day and evening and refused to leave the soldiers when he was advised to. He ate our shitty dinners with us and talked to all of us. No other quote-unquote celebrity came that entire year. He built us a hockey rink and provided all the equipment. He is just a passionate patriot that wants everyone to care as much as he does. Yeah. You know, I that's think, from an American. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. Here's my thoughts on the subject. 
these are sensitive times. Uh, I always err on the side of caution. Uh, however, uh, I don't think he's guilty of racism. <clears throat> is he? Is he maybe patriotic? Absolutely. You know, that's that's where I think you know he he. No had, question. Well, you know that that was his sin. He was a little too patriotic, and perhaps could have selected his words a little more carefully, uh, as he put it himself. And, and he's I, right. I mean, that, and it, it it applies to it applies to to native-born Canadians as well. Oh, absolutely. Even, oh, absolutely. Every, even more so, perhaps, yeah. than, than those who immigrate to Canada. Because, I mean, we, we, who wouldn't, a, a, who wouldn't want to come here? We're a great, we're a great country. Yeah, we, were. we have a lot of, we were. a lot of great things. Well, we were. I'm still going to, be, I'm still going to use, we are. Okay, because I'm not going to go there just yet. I'm I'm an, so, I, I'm I'm very displeased we lost that election. Oh, right? so yeah, why? Yeah, I mean, like that that to me was a signal that there's definitely a lot of people that are still asleep out there. I but not notwithstanding that, it's it's you can't blame somebody that 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 wants to bring their family or, or come here no. from a war torn country, a third world nation, because we have so much more to offer than than potentially there, or they wouldn't want to come here. Oh, you know what? Right. I, so I, that, let me, before you go, even any. Uh, one bit further, I just want to make something abundantly clear. I love immigrants. I love when they bring their culture here. I love they. When I say they, I mean everybody. I have nothing against anyone. If you want to legally emigrate to this country <clears throat> and enjoy a wonderful legally, Canadian yeah. life, you know, legally, yep. absolutely. I am 100% behind you. Anybody to the economy, yeah, any, to the... the the, the the system right and That's I, what it's and, all about and, and I am more than willing to believe that uh, most people want to do just that they want to come here for a better life of and, course and, and I I honestly do believe that anyone that would characterize me as otherwise right is a total asshole I really I really do believe that immigration is a wonderful part of what I think anybody would characterize so you any otherwise pro- that wouldn't be a long conversation. No, and, and that would so, be a pretty short conversation so, to have with that person. So, so we've got Don Cherry making some comments, and you know what? He's he's in my mind anyway guilty of nothing more than maybe being a little bit too too enthusiastic uh, and maybe a little bit uh, like bull in a china shop in, a, in an oh, area. Oh, bull in a yeah, china shop, yeah, for sure. That, that's, that's not that's nothing new. No, and and and, and exactly. And, you know, to take that into consideration, you know, I really I really am uh, unimpressed with the unforgiving nature of the people out there that seem to be so <clears throat> insistent on forgiving their liberal leadership. Uh, you know, so you oh, got... Oh, yeah, wasn't that... Right? That's, that's the best... That you is know, the best analogy that's circulating right now. All the people <laughs> who voted for blackface yeah. are... are or, and condoning blackface because yep. if, if you voted for him, it's a, it's you're condoning that multiple occurrences of that happening mm-hmm. are, are putting are putting Don Cherry down, calling for his head. Yep. There's a word that comes to mind right now, and it's hypocrisy because yeah. you're all the biggest freaking hypocrites that that are walking around right now. I, ta- I talked to podcast Brian before I spoke to you tonight, and he I could he tell used, as soon as you he, walked in the door. Oh yeah, he was he well you know he rubs off on me right, but he he was of the opinion well he used the term hypocrite quite a bit yeah, and in in relation to a number of different subjects and and that's that's definitely. Um, <clears throat> A sign that there's some problems. Well, it, it, it's interesting that when we get the first snowflakes of the year of the season, yeah. that all the snowflakes seem to come out of the come out of the woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's some people that would find that term "snowflake" offensive, and they can I, kiss my ass. You know what? I, this is I, one of the things I love. Pucker up, yeah. pucker up there. 
Okay. Now yeah. let me finish. Can't my we all just get along? Let me, fin- <laughs> let me finish. Or just can't we all just at least agree to disagree? Uh, that and, and and go our separate ways. Be an adult and accept the fact that someone disagrees with you, and don't go running for your safe space and start labeling people. You know, my safe space has a combination. <laughs> yeah. I want, you know what? I, you know what? I'm putting that on a T-shirt. That's, that's good. <laughs> no, you know, I, I, I really, I really am unimpressed. Get back seriously. I'm really unimpressed. All right, with the lack of tolerance, you know, from the left, from the left, as it relates to the, yeah, and, and you know, and that's something that I noticed a long time ago when I was first exposed to, you know liberal attitudes uh when i went to university i noticed that the uh professors that started the very first lecture by saying we have a bias we know it we're not even trying to hide it we we don't like men we think they're bad and you know if you got a real problem with that there's the door you can deregister it was a woman's studies course and of course they they made it abundantly clear that they were you know anti-men and if and it sounded okay, apparently, and right? if it sounded that way to you you know that it's it's yes it's a little bit unconventional uh but this is the way we're doing it and so yeah so i sat there and and it was funny because you know i i noticed as the course went on that not only was um you know it fair to bash men you know like in their in their minds but like i mean the very thing that they were claiming that they wanted to do contra- away with they're contravening yeah right they, they they would say you know what men have and this is the way they taught the course this is not you know certainly not my beliefs <clears throat> but they said that men um well, historically, men have, uh, you know, oppressed women. And and I knew that by the time I was in that course that I had never done anything to oppress a woman, that I was uh, more enlightened than that. And uh, certainly, you know, I was raised Italian in the 70s, so I probably could have gone that way uh, if I paid too much attention to the older generations. But, uh, you know, I never I never myself personally oppressed uh, any woman. There's I'm another sure that, podcast. I, well, I'm sure there's, an, there's, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's an ex-girlfriend or two out there that might no, disagree, perhaps. About the older generations is another. Oh yeah, I can get Mario. I get Mario on here. I'm right? writing it down right now. Mario. Okay, that was that was going on the list. No, but you know what? Like I, I I'm in this women's studies class, and they're saying that you know, men are bad, and all men are just cavemen that want to you know keep women down and you know keep them uh, weakened and you know not allow them to uh, enjoy like the, the left freedoms. Is trying to do now? Well, you know, well hold on. So so right. so that well no, this is this is the thing that I found fascinating. Even then, as a you know 20 year old man in the early 90s in uh, university in this women's studies course you know like I realized I was like well, well hold on like your entire the entire premise behind this women's studies group is to you know in, enlighten and to um, elevate women uh, you know and, and to, to bring them out of that state of what you described to be you know the patriarchal uh, oppression generated by men which I, I don't subscribe to so I'm maybe I'm just one of the good ones I don't know uh, but I don't meet a lot of guys that behave this way so so but you're saying not only is it important that we elevate the women but we should push the men down too and and we should characterize them as um, you know bad to us all the time you know even if they're not and it, like it really it really was a horrible experience you know like to be at every moment described as this uh, you know horrible accident waiting to happen to a woman and you know just shy of saying that you know every man wants to go out there and rape so somebody. And, so you had to sit there and serve the penance of 
the, the past, you know, the well, people that made committed the sins in the past type thing. Well, yeah. If you, but then again, but then again, as the course went on, you know, I, I began to realize that you know some of the initial concepts were, you know, absolutely, you know, like you know, woman stays home and cleans. I go work. You know, um, you know, men men's satisfaction is more important than a woman's. Women couldn't vote. You know, there there certainly were a lot of things that needed to change and. and um, and know, did change, and did, and, and did change. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously, there's you know equality like this. We've gone beyond though equality. Like if we were striving for equality, like you know, do I think you know that um, you know we've gotten that? Absolutely. Like I, I really do believe that men and women are are treated equally. Uh, you know, maybe in some people's minds they're not, but I mean in terms of you know um, their ability to pursue any employment they want, be anything they want to be. I don't necessarily agree with you know some of the things I see going on in sports right now. There seems to be some you know difficulty uh, with uh, gender people identifying. Yeah, as, you know, and and, and I yeah. mean wh- whatever whatever you want to call it, folks. And males uh, identifying as females males competing is, in yeah. female high school sports and. You know, yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's a whole ton ton of memes now floating around. Yeah. You know, people making fun and saying, you know, like uh, Joe Joe dominates the you know second grade, you know, yeah. you know uh, weightlifting team, and of course he's a 45 year old man identifying as a, a seven year old. You know, yeah. yeah. So like I mean, it, like there's a lot of jokes going on about it now, but there, there there is a problem though when you've got well, and that's the thing. I think the fact that it's kind of. Uh, for lack of a better phrase, raised itself to meme-worthy status. Yeah. Indicates that we're getting a little out of hand. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've got, you know, just from a safety perspective, forget, you know, if you got some issues with morally what's going on. I mean, from a safety perspective, some girl's uh, skull got crushed in a boxing competition. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. It's a, a boxing or MMA fight or some kind of, some kind oh, of sport, I, I, some yeah. kind of sport where, again, you know, some... Um, someone who identifies as a girl is is been blessed with but is genetically you know, male genetic genetics that are you know much more powerful uh, you know from bone structure to muscle density to you know all these things uh, that make uh, physiologically men uh, physically you know in certain uh, in certain situations yeah well no but like I mean when you when you look at the physiology of a male if you just look at the science you know like just Forget forget gender for a second, folks. Like, just let's go right into like the biology of yeah. what is a biological scientific man. Um, we as men have heavier, you know, uh, bone structures. We're made, to, you know, to, to take a lot of punishment and certainly to dole it out. Um, you know, genetically, anthropologically, that goes. Oh, we're talking about apes. Yeah. You look look at the... Cro-Magnon man. Yeah, you you look out in nature and, you know... It wasn't my area. Well, no, no, no. But if you you look out in nature, and I mean, I I, I always... You know what it is? It's... it's, it's, Honestly, it's... it's, We we talk... In grade four science, I talk about adaptations. Mm -hmm. Animal adaptations with my kids. Yeah. And what a lot... So what adaptations over through evolution it's allowed mm-hmm. that animal to survive and persevere for example white fur on the snow here in the arctic yes right can, yep. it can it hide from blend yeah it can blend in so it hides from the predators but also hides from the prey as well yeah right mm-hmm. and i think it, 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 in terms of male body structure and and, and bone density or and, and, and musculature i think it, it it goes back to 
I think that oh, far back in, oh, in terms of adaptation. Ab right? Absolutely. Well, you you look you look though anywhere in nature, and you'll see a yeah. lot of examples where the male uh, the male gender of the species is is much larger, and physically more powerful. Doesn't mean that they're more productive, folks. I, I and I talk about lions a oh, lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. It, it, for the people that really know you just me, just kind of lays around, and right? then when it's mating time. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, but 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 you know what though? There's a clearly defined role for the lion, and that is to protect the females, and you know, and, it is interesting intimidation. And, He's chilling out, protecting yep. the pride. Yeah, and you know, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that's socially correct, folks. That a man sit around and wait for his dinner to be served to him, and and by the way, he always eats first, right? Like that's another thing people don't know. You know, when when a bunch of lions and a pride get together, uh, you know, the strongest ones, you know, tend to eat first because it's more important in nature that Survival you keep this. Yeah, you know, the strongest one is kept strong. He gets first picks. Uh, you know what? It's more important that he stay powerful uh, because ultimately the safety of the rest of the group will right. depend on on that one's uh you know being well taken care of right. and, and and just and and the male that would be dominant <laughs> enough to take care of the entire pride you know including you know including a large number of females you know it, it, there's a competition for that uh title and so lions duke it out for that so you've got you know older lions uh sometimes yeah you know like as 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 the you know leader in his prime ages you know a newer one comes up and you know may have the and the we'll older one, the, the will challenge them and the older one may have to concede defeat and back down a bit and take his place in the in the hierarchy ultimately uh but i can tell you right now that in nature you know it's it's important for one one being to be more powerful and in nature a lot of times that's i mean i'm sure there's a number of species where the females are larger i think the praying mantis i think is one of them um is that the one where they they, they they eat their mate after they're done. I think well, the, the, like the black a, widow does too. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of animals the in black, nature. The male black widow, I believe, is is smaller. Yeah, we we could. Excuse you know, me. Bless you. And and so you know, but but heading back, you know, I want I want to look back at a, a couple of things here. Um, I just want to back it up to uh, the point where we're discussing this younger generation. You know, I, I can't emphasize this enough, guys. Uh, for everybody out there that's been sold on the idea that socialism is a good idea, uh, there are socialist sort of ideas that have been implemented. There's snippets. And that, that, there's snippets, yeah. you know, because there, there, there can be, you know, a common kitty to take care of, you know, bare necessities. Um, you know, for those that are legitimately underprivileged. Yeah, you know, and and. And yet, you know, here we are. <clears throat> it can't be carte blanche. Carte blanche and everything's free, whatever, is, is just not going to work. And I mean, there are, if you look at certain, I think it's Sweden or Norway, yeah. they're a very socialist country, but they have a tenth the population of Canada. Yeah. And, and overall, their population is more wealthy than Canadian population. There's, yeah. there's a, a, we have a, a wide range of socioeconomics. It's, yes. That that range is much more narrow in those countries. Yeah. Oh no no, they, they, there's so no. It makes a. I mean, so you can because everybody's starting out with more to begin with. I, I think I think there's uh, a lot more variables in uh, you know a country like Canada. I, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's geographically 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 it's, it's smaller. smaller. There's a, there's yeah. a, there's a you know. Uh, a much more homogenous sort of grouping of people there, I guess, that can agree. And and you know what? You could 
<clears throat> you can have uh, elements, though, of socialism here in Canada, and we have for, for quite some time. Our healthcare, healthcare is a par- yeah. perfect example. You know, unlike the United States, uh, you know, you may not be faced with a you know two hundred thousand dollar you know medical bill at the end of a, a yeah. you know a procedure. Yeah. And you know, of course, you know, if you haven't got health insurance, that that might you know create some issues for you. Sell sell the house. You know, sell the house. So so certainly, there's there are some good things that come with socialism. Um, you know, or socialist elements. There are certain elements that can be implemented if they're if it's not explored too much. And this has been, this has been my understanding throughout history. You know, socialism if it's taken too far it fails. And a lot of people say, well, that wasn't real socialism. You know, I can tell you that every single time, right. A socialist government goes too far, and certainly our government seems to be heading in that direction, especially with them uh, expressing admiration for dictator-like regimes, you know, in, in China and in Cuba. You know, I, I see a lot of socialism in in today's youth and them thinking that it's going to be okay this time. Uh, I don't think that they've been told the truth about socialism and where ultimately it leads. You, yeah, I could see you holding your breath there well, for a second. Well, and it, well, it's just. When you're talking about the the younger generation, I think you're kind of if I correct me if I'm wrong, you're kind of directing it true to those that are in some sort of post post secondary education right now. I'm I'm thinking 25 and under. Like okay, <clears throat> so that being said, 25 and under, if you are in college or university, mm-hmm. and albeit it's the the current government in in Ontario anyway made some changes to OSAP and. Oh gee, we don't get that. You know what? Suck it up. Yeah. Like, so, like, like I had to go to school for a number of years and work part time for the majority of those years, and it was more than four years to get my education. See, uh, and I came from a single parent yeah. house. Yeah. I'm not saying good for me, whatever. I'm just that's the way it goes. So, if you have to get a part time job and it has to take you another year or two to get your education, then suck it up and welcome to life and welcome to what you're going to be experiencing. When you leave school, that being said, get your degree in something other than that's going to allow you to pursue uh, uh, meaningful and profitable employment when you leave to pay back those loans. Now, if you like studying philosophy and you like studying art history or gender studies, God bless. But if there's no money in those, then don't cry about having to pay things back because you decide to pursue something that's a Ugat's degree. Because <laughs> well, there are degrees out there that are, that are, and I took philosophy and I yeah. enjoyed taking philosophy. It wasn't my degree though. I took philosophy courses. I it, didn't take gender it, studies because it, it didn't interest me. But if you if you decide to pursue a degree in something that does jack for you in terms of employment, then don't cry about it. <laughs> See, I don't cry about it. I'm pulling a dime <laughs> chair right now. Suck it up. Don't say that you need relief from this and that. You made that decision. Put your big boy pants and your big girl dress on now. Start figuring it out. You know, I, I you know, I, you know, I actually took philosophy. And as, <laughs> as, you degree, as you degree? Well, not exactly. I was a classical studies. I major. took cla- I took a couple I was, of classic. Well, courses. I took a couple of classical. I, I the actually Iliad and the Odyssey. I was I was actually a classical studies. Uh, you know that that was my degree, and, and I, I I definitely there was, there was facets of classics that I that I did appreciate, like the Trojan studying the Trojan horse in depth. Absolutely, Homer's you know, I, Odyssey. See, which was the most boring, but holy Christ, is that thing long. I, 
I I remember when I when I first got to university, uh, I thought I was gonna. But get you were a cop. What do you? Well, well, hold, well <laughs> see, see, there we go. Boom. Where's that cattle prod? Hey, I I got to university and I was, I, oh, I knew you had it here. I knew there was no way you were gonna let that go. Okay, so you so let's keep that you, thing away, bro. I do. You, you all, why, who wouldn't? You, you know punch what? pretty good. You know what? I, I, you know what? That that thing is something else. If, if Coach Nick, people don't know, Coach Nick has a has a farm with a number of cattle, and so in my backyard, in his backyard. But no, the, 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 I went I went to university and I took you know classical art, uh, history, literature. I. I I read Greek and Latin, Homer's Odyssey. I mean, when I first got in, I, I wanted to be, you know, a business major, and then I discovered these classical studies courses, and you know, there was a his, you know history element to it, and it was it was really uh, a wonderful, uh, you know, interdisciplinary sort of degree. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know one of the things I could take w- was women's studies, and I took one year because that was all I could last. I didn't that was, that was, quite, quite frankly, I thought I was going to get Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't kill himself. He, yeah, you know what? Oh, and Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill yeah. himself. Did we yeah. put that into this podcast? No, you know. I, so there I am in university, not knowing what I'm going to do uh, <laughs> when I get out, or at least I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a job as a police officer because I was hoping to get plucked right out of university because uh, I initially I had tried to uh, apply to the OPP and my visual acuity didn't meet their minimum uh, minimum standard uncorrected so I had to wait uh, to get a job as a police officer until after I had my eyes fixed oh. yeah and which which at the time was a brand new procedure oh, that, LASIK, LASIK, yeah, yeah I was I was one of the first well LASIK I, they called it something else back then laser characterotomy or so I can't remember it was a big it was a big long 14 syllable word and they made me sign beyond the vocabulary oh, of a cathedral uh, yeah, like I had gone to Cathedral Boys High School, and you know I wanted to become a cop so badly that there was there was nothing I wouldn't do. And when they told me my eyesight was too poor, um, I said, "Well, what are my options?" And of course, they referred me to um, you know an eye doctor who said, "Well, we could do one of two things. You're very lucky." And she said, "She said you can." Um, have one of two procedures done. One, they make incisions in your eyeballs. No, thank you. Right, uh, and they collapse the eye uh, into the correct shape where the image that it comes into your eyeball and is uh, projected to the back of your eyeball comes in in correct focus, but it forever weakens your eyeball permanently. So if you get punched in the face, your eyeball might rupture. And I'm like, no, thank you. We'll That's just, right. Because we'll well, that. well, if I'm going to become a cop in you know H Town, I'm going to get my, what is that? Oh yeah, we're definitely coming up on that one. So you know what? I'm thinking as a police officer, I'm liable to take a punch at some point and, you know, working in the hammer. And so this may not be a good, a good option. You know, what's the other option? And then she said, well, we also have, um, it's brand new. It's just come out of the experimental phase. We really don't know what the long-term side effects are going to be, but there's a laser uh, <clears throat> procedure where we burn. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, we burn a mic, you know, a, a layer of skin off your eyeball uh, to instead of you know making incisions to collapse it into the correct shape, we actually shape the eyeball with a laser. And so you got to remember, I was raised on you know Star Wars, and she's talking about lasers, which you know I'm I'm you know hearing that they're being used in you know medical practices, but I've never heard of anybody shining a laser into somebody's eyeball. That doesn't yeah. sound like you got to remember back then in the 90s, early 90s, it was. Um, 
you know, unheard of. Like you, you weren't going to wear glasses anymore, that they were going to shine a laser in your eye and, you know, reshape your eyeball. And I'm thinking, wow. Okay. But you just have to sign 25 pages of waivers. Yeah. Okay. And we are not responsible if your eyeball falls out four years from now, because we yeah. really don't know what the long-term, <clears throat> you know, side effects may be. Uh, there really aren't any, you know, candidates that have been alive long enough to know, um, you know, you know, you are in what they what do they call it the uh, statistical accumulative statistical portion of the evaluation. So it had just gotten out of basically it was the there first was the data gathering stage. Yeah, well, no, the first like fifty people had done it and nobody had died, so now they could charge nobody, money. They had, they, so they had char- now they could charge money for it. This is this is the phase they could charge, and for a kid my age, um, you know, to drop, uh, you know, I believe it was seven thousand dollars. Right. And I was making. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, well, this was this was this was my own money. I, I, I remember when I had worked uh, three jobs um, all winter and summer long, uh, two of which were, you know, <clears throat> under uh, three fifty an hour. You know, pumping gas outside in the cold, the blue line taxi cab stand. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And, and and flipping uh, three hundred pound pallets at Taylor Steel. Um, you know, making making skids and banding coil steel for eight bucks an hour. Yeah. Uh, Seven thousand dollars had to come out of my bank account. You know, and I saved that for university. But I wanted to become a cop so bad I was willing to do it, and so I, I did it. And of course, you know, uh, for anybody out there that's ever seen Fire in the Sky. Right? Like, do, you, do you remember that movie, yeah. Fire in the Sky, where the, the aliens capture that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that scene where they ha- they held his eyeball yeah, open with yeah. the clamps and they put the needle yeah. right in his eye? It was like that. They they threw this big, you know, sheet over top of me that weighed a million pounds and <clears throat> just had my eyeball exposed. And they put all these clamps in my eyes and then they said, now we're going to clean your eyeball. And they got this utensil and they started to scrub the outer surface. I guess they were like roughing it in. <laughs> I don't know, but um, they had they, they had cleaned up my eyeball and then they flickered, you know, the laser in my eye and they said, hold still. And I'm like thinking, oh, wow, like, you know, what am I doing here? And um, the, the light began to flicker. And I remember um, the lady telling me you're what you're smelling is the surface of your eyeball burning off. And and I remember I came out, they put on a medicinal contact, they gave me some Demerol and, you know, sent me off home. And you could only do one eye at a time and there there was a, a weight between the two. But I remember the day that, you know, the very next day I woke up and I was able to see things I had not seen before. And I was, you know, very excited about it. <clears throat> but I was one of the first, like, couple hundred people in Canada to get it done. And uh, it was funny, I ran into a doctor that, that uh, during a call, I was at a police call, um, I went to this guy's house and he, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, what is it you do for a living? And he said, I'm an eye doctor or an eye surgeon. And I told, when I told him about my experience, he went, holy cow, you're one of the, you're one of the first ones. We, yeah. have, we have no idea, you know, who you people are anymore. Like we totally lost track of all the records. And so he made me feel a little bit special, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, so, so back to where I started, uh, I had to pay all that money back working jobs like you, you know, um, you know. I got my eyeballs done and I beat my head against the wall becoming a, you know, in my efforts to become a police officer for years, but I had to pay back all my uh, student loans. And, you know, I worked my way through most of it and didn't have to take out as much as I thought I was going to. And truthfully, it really did uh, afford me a lot of great memories still, uh, despite the fact that I was mixing school and work uh, up quite a bit. It was tough. It was like- not, yeah. And, and, but, but you know, though, it worked out well. 
and ultimately I was left with you know uh, a three thousand dollars student loan, and I and I understand you know everything's gone up, and, the, and that's the, that's after. Four years? That's nothing. Oh, I know. Well, no, but I was working. I took a year off here and there, yeah. and I, I stretched it out to, like, you know, seven years. Yeah, I, I, I stretched I, mine out a while, too. I went, I went all Van Wilder, and that was, you know, that was my that was my riff in university. And uh, But but I did, did have to pay it back. I, I certainly didn't expect anybody to pay for me. Uh, the generation before me, however, uh, they were given, like, $6,000 grants. They were given money to go to university that would pay for their entire year. They were giving each one of the kids free 6000 bucks Back then, in the early 80s, they were giving away that money. Well, it's all, it was always, because that's around the time when I was in school, it was always yeah. based on, you had to submit uh, your parents' academic, or excuse me, your parents' financial... Yeah. Your... your Information, yeah, they're giving you can and they're yeah. kind of basing on that, right? Yeah, and 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 a lot of kids got it, and a lot of kids got their six thousand dollars put in their bank accounts. And you got to remember, folks, a lot of these kids had never seen that kind of money before. And as as a general rule, a lot of kids blew it, you know, partying well, and drinking and going all wild on, yeah, you know, TV. I never had that money. I never, I never, I didn't. Go neither on did, one, neither I, didn't did go I. On one spring break, no, never no, me, me, me either. And you know, and that's and that's something that I think. A lot of this generation, they just sort of expect that they, they should be able to granted. go. They take it for granted. There's, there is an enormous sense of entitlement that I, I see in cars. Yeah, you know, like, like I was, I was super lucky. God bless my mom. She, she allowed me to have a car. At, you know, not the whole time I was there. First, whatever number, well, number of years. First few years that I was there, it was like either you're walking or taking the bus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, had buy, the, I had to buy my own first car. And the town that I went to university in didn't have bus service on Sunday. Ooh, ouch. But they had something called the magic bus. That the, that the, 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 the magic that, bus? That the university <clears throat> sponsored. It was a van. Like oh, a okay. Van. Like a shuttle. Like a shuttle. Yeah. And it would take you downtown and do a big loop through the gen, a general part of did the you city. Have to show, did you have to show your student ID to yeah. get on it? Yeah, there you and go. And that was it. You just get on, get off. They wouldn't bother you or whatever. And then, you know, you, you got off at the stop that was closest to where you lived, and then you started huff, huff, huffing it. Yeah. That was it. It's the way it goes. Well, you know what? I think I think in a lot of ways it's very unfortunate. There's a lot of great kids out there. I've I've met some fantastic, you know, uh, young men and women. Uh, in, in, you know, it's unfair to carry, characterize all millennials as lazy and entitled. I, I've met a lot of really great, fantastic kids out there that don't feel uh, those things and have a, a ton of respect. And this is by no means the I had to walk. 17 miles backwards, uphill, and still both ways to go to school. It's not oh, that at all. Yeah. That's just the way it is. Okay, it's, boomer. It's, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. saying that All right, now. boomer. Everybody's saying that right, now needs, you know to get, needs to get punched up. Honest to God. You know what? If I get called boomer one more time, I am not a boomer. Listen, you know what? Not that even, I mean, I'm not even offended by that, but I'm actually part of Generation X, right? I was actually part of the generation that had to pay for the sins of the one before you know screwing what? up. Everybody who says that now needs a... That's don't touch mean. me with that thing. Listen, I don't. Not, I mean. I absolutely hate when you do the left thing. That wasn't to you. That's just what. That's. <laughs> I just, I, I, Everybody I, using that phrase right, right now should sound. be. 
should be just cattle prod to the back of the head. You know what? I'll, I'll tell you something. Every time I hear that that arc, man, it just it brings back such bad memories. And for for those of you that haven't heard, you know, once upon a time, uh, you know, I was a police officer, and more often than not, with the advent of tasers, uh, there would be suspects that would be tased, and we'd be attempting to handcuff them. And what people don't realize is when you get your hands between the prongs, uh, you can handle somebody's arms and legs if they've been shot in the torso with the taser and not get electrocuted. But if your hand should find its way in between uh, the two prongs, right, that are now in the suspect, if your hand gets between them, you will get lit up like a Christmas tree. So people don't understand that as police officers dive in on somebody and you're trying... Struggling. It's not like yeah, you're, it's, you, you know... Well, your hands are moving all over the place as you try yeah. and, you know, to wrestle with somebody and, and do the least amount of damage possible. As you wrestle with this person, maybe, you know, maybe a hand will find its way into the middle of his torso for a second. He'll roll over on your arm. And if you should happen to be touching the shoulder of the officer next to you, you can like all go for a ride. So like, I mean, I remember there was a group of about six of us once trying to bring uh, this one armed suspect under control. You know what? He had a machete. And and the uh, oh, this is before he yeah, took him down. Right. Well, well, well we we all we all well, he had a machete. We we all dove on him when he got tased, and of course, you know, there must have been about six sets of hands um, in the pile, and all of a sudden, and I know my hands were nowhere near, you know, where they where they shouldn't have been. All of a sudden, we all went for a ride, man. We rode the lightning, and let me tell you, you do not want to get tased. This is a most unpleasant experience. When I hear that sound, that's all I remember is just my entire body just locking up, and I mean, what an awful feeling. Like it, it, The minute it was over, you know, you kind of like breathe the sigh of relief, but I can tell you, not something that you want to do very often, yeah. you know, but this generation, though, I don't want to paint them all up the same, be the same way. I've, I've, again, I've met a lot of good kids, but I'm really, I'm really surprised, and I want to bring this back to guns, because I think that it's really important that we talk about this. You know what? For every kid out there uh, under the age of 25, you know, I would implore you, if you think that taking uh, property away from good Canadians that haven't done anything wrong, if you think it's okay to take away their property, because right now we're in a situation where there's absolutely no evidence to suggest that there's any good that can come from taking legally owned guns away from licensed uh, people. There's nothing at all that says that that's going to work. So you've got these licensed people with guns that never commit crimes. We're about to spend millions of dollars uh, to take away guns from these people and then we've got this other group that are actively being violent with one another and you know they're shooting up the streets with illegal guns so this new law that we're so up in arms about uh that they're going to push forward or the bans that they're going to push forward rather this this there's no good that can come from this and yet they really really want it uh for everybody out there that thinks it's okay to uh take guns away from the good people the licensed people uh because it may save a life i I think that you should ask yourself a serious question before you uh are you know indicating that you're okay with that you know if we start to examine you know other things like your cell phones and texting and driving you know apparently i read a great a great report it's indicating that you know 11 11 teens a day died in Canada North America I think it was I think it was United States statistic but 11 teens a day die as a result of texting and driving 
So, you know what, if you can't be uh, trusted to not text and drive, then, you know, maybe, maybe we should... Which t- I see all the time. All the time. And, you know, I, I, as a police officer, I could tell you, I, I saw it uh, as Joe Public now driving around. I see people with their heads down. Uh, I've done it. I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, you know, I, I was guilty of that, you know, certainly over the years when... when texting first came out I thought it was okay to text and drive I know better now and I can tell you that I see so many young people doing it and uh, as a police officer I saw the number of accidents going way up and you knew that there was a bit of a problem Um, you know people were getting into accidents as a result of texting and driving so maybe we should do away with cell phones you know and, and while we're at it maybe cars you know, let's do away with cars, too, because you know what? Cars kill a lot of people. Uh, you know, you could sit there and say, well, I, I know better than to text and drive. Well, yeah, you might not, though. You know, you might not. You know, maybe you're, maybe you're going to be that person that texts and drives, so we're going to take away your cell phone. Uh, I would ask, if you're okay with that, or if you're okay with taking away guns from people that haven't done anything wrong, uh, on the off chance that they might, uh, in, in and you some, think it's going to stop there? And if you think it's going to stop there, you know, like I'm telling you right now, <clears throat> you better be prepared to give up your cell phone and your ability to drive a car. Uh, because if we're going to do this in the name of public safety, uh, we got to look at the numbers uh, objectively. Definitely, a lot of lives are lost as a result of cell phone use, and certainly a lot of uh, families have been destroyed as a result of social media. You know, there's there's so many bad things out there uh, if abused. You know, or I shouldn't say bad things, but there's so many things out there that if abused, you know, could could be detrimental. And you know, I, I think the texting and driving is a big issue. I think the pools and backyards is a big issue. Uh, that the we lose more children to pools in people's backyards. Maybe there shouldn't be pools in people's backyards. Maybe they should be filling in pools in people's backyards. So okay, so hold on. A second here. So if that if that that being a U.S. study, eleven per day, we have one tenth. So we, we're going to be the population will be one one per day. So that's three hundred sixty five lives a year lost to cell phone to texting and driving in Canada. How now? How many? How let's do a comparison. So conservatively, three hundred sixty five lives a year in Canada. How many lives in Canada are lost at the at the hands of legal firearm owners using their firearms to kill somebody yeah. is it 365 oh no okay no i if, if it's i can t- i can tell you right now even even the suicide rate that the doctors would jump all over because i mean that's their angle um you know the doctors i saw the doctors the one, come doctors alive through one of their own under the bus yeah yeah loved yesterday, loved loved, loved loved watching that like a like a bunch of cannibals you know, I felt the, bad for that dude. No, you know, I, I did. I did, too, for a moment. But, uh, you know, what? he came prepared and uh, he was definitely suffering through the slings and arrows as uh, I watched them like grill, grill, like- grill him and, and try and belittle him. I, you know, what? that's that's the one thing, you know, uh, watching the, the, the speaker uh, question him. Let him know. Let him know what we're talking about, though, because it's, it's so recent. Maybe people have, aren't aware of it. Well, it's it's the uh, it's the doctors that came forward. Uh, that it was at the Toronto City Council, though, tri- right? Yeah, and the board. They were, they were. He was appearing in front of the Toronto Board of Health. Board of Health, and and of course, as they questioned him, I, what I saw was uh, a, a very strong effort <clears throat> to belittle the man and to to have you know his testimony dismissed as, and he, he was. Quite frankly, I think he was the only credible one there with any kind of well, real the guy's experience. Got, the guy's got a hell of a resume. Yeah. The CCFR <clears throat> put a little snippet on their website, so if you're unfamiliar with it or you haven't seen it, it's three and a half minutes long, roughly, 
and and the guy they ask him his segment um, begins with a request from the Toronto Board of Health to uh, just kind of detail his his credentials and like this guy's got a resume yeah and, <laughs> and then they try to they try to discredit him it's they, like, come on they, yeah the effort to discredit him was you know uh, it was pretty strong and and of course you know all the questions that they asked him seemed to revolve around his possible connection to the CCFR or the... Uh, nothing the, to do with why nothing, he was there. Yeah, nothing to do with what he was there. Like, it, there just seems to be... Nothing to I think I think, I think for the people out there that pay too close attention to, you know, only mainstream media news sources, I can tell you that there is definitely a concerted, uh, well-coordinated effort that I'm seeing, and I think that's really important to talk about this. You know... Uh, Watching, you know, this this uh, sudden generation uh, of uh, you know committees of people uh, demanding that that guns be banned, you know, and and to have uh, an effort made by the left to discredit, you know, the the and silence in many cases the voices uh, of those that own firearms legally and or would would promote, you know, the uh, safe and recreational use of firearms, the people that are speaking out against the bans uh, and, and the changes in law. You know, I, I would encourage everybody to call their members of parliament and uh, whether they're pro-gun or not pro-gun, whatever, however you want to look at it. If they're if they're conservative or they're liberal, it doesn't matter. Uh, I suggest we light up their telephone lines like Christmas trees over the course of the next week. Uh, that's, that's realistically our only move at this point because I've had my conversations with podcast Brian and I'll be quite candid. I definitely think that anybody that believes that they're not going to take a good swat at us is delusional. Uh, I think that it's going to happen uh, definitely. Uh, you know, towards the end of November, they've they've said that they're going to make an announcement. Uh, there the is, yeah, you know, <clears throat> there's there's definitely a possibility of a vote of non-confidence or the you know uh, possibility of that happening. So I mean. It, it, it could go that way, too, but at the same time, I'm definitely uh, quite nervous. Uh, these are uncertain times for our community, uh, certainly for the industry. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of people that, you know, are are hedging their bets a little bit, wondering how this is all going to shake down. Uh, I can tell you that there's definitely been a lot of uh, money and uh, energy poured into this effort to uh, make a move on the legitimate firearm community. Uh, I definitely have always said that they were going to spend ridiculous amounts of money uh, to make changes that would have no impact on crime. And of course, everything everything is escalating. I, I can't help but notice that you know we're seeing more and more articles in the news of local police services, uh, you know, grabbing onto guys, you know, high capacity magazines. One article read about military grade, you know, blast through police vests. You know, like the, the description given by the chief, I believe, of Winnipeg was that, you know, you can't trust people with these kinds of guns and that, you know, they're up to no good if they have these kinds of guns. You can expect them to break the law if they have these kinds of guns, I believe was the exact phrase used. But if you look at the totality of the news, you can you can definitely see that um, these incidents are popping up all over the place. And, and I've had my conversations with Brian about this. Uh, both he and I believe that they are cultivating, uh, you know, a very fertile atmosphere for the banning of guns and at, at the municipal level and the federal level. And, and just they're courting, they're courting the young nation and the people. Certainly by lying. That are, but well, by lying, because it's not evidence based. And I mean, I, I, I saw Tracy Wilson <clears throat> smile once when she saw that you know that there was gonna there was gonna be new law that was gonna be based in evidence and she smiled and said that's no problem we can do that and, that, and, and of course I knew full well that they weren't gonna play fair 
Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about three or four years ago now, and I knew full well that they weren't going to play fair. And if, if anybody thought that they were going to play fair, they're not. And so with an opportunity right now, even though they have a minority government, with an opportunity right now in a country that's very divided, and everybody can kind of agree that, you know, nobody wants to see anybody shot out in the streets, it's very easy to dupe um, an easily... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, persuaded, you know, an easily, an easily manipulated, uh, you know, younger generation that is believing what they're told. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of news articles that are painting, you know, firearms to be these evil things that belong in no one's hands. And, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a more touchy-feely society now. Well, you know, right? what? And, and because it's touchy-feely, touchy-feely is always associated strongly with emotion. That's what the liberals are doing with this is applying it to emotion. It fear. So it's it's an easier sell. Oh, absolutely. And and you know what? They would be the first to accuse the conservative party of uh, you know fear mongering. The truth is is that there really isn't uh, a problem with legal gun ownership in this country. And that's that's really the the point I would drive home with anybody listening to this who's and not. that is based on on statistics, statistics, like stats, can statistics, stats, whatever. You know, you and and I, and I always come back <clears throat> to this where I say like, look, you've got two groups of people, you know, um, one uh, obtain licenses and properly register and store and, you know, operate safely, legal firearms, much the same way they do a car. And then you've got another group that obtain them illegally. You know, we already have a system, a rigorous system in place here in Canada that properly regulates firearms. And we are one of the most strictly regulated firearm cultures in the world. And it works. It works. And when you look at the numbers, these people, all the people that, that fall under this umbrella of legal ownership, it works. They're not causing problems. If they do, they lose their licenses. And it's not that often. So you've got you've got this other group. They operate outside the system and they're still obtaining their guns illegally. And that's and that's where all the crime is happening. And that's something that I really want to point out to people. If you're just coming into this conversation, you know, if you want to have a healthy conversation about, you know, gun violence in this country or, you know, the problem that we have, uh, you know, with criminals using illegal guns in an illegal fashion, if we address this properly, we have to deal with uh, border control issues. We have to deal with... uh, There's a lot of strings attached. Yeah. You know, it's it's not a cheap fix and it's not one that occurs too quickly. But if you want long-term, you know, Good results. You've got to attack the problem at its at its root causes, and and, and, it, and it has nothing to do with the legal gun owners. So they're going to spend millions of dollars to buy back guns that would never be used in crimes, and instead we're going to be left with the problem that is just getting worse and worse. And it always and comes worse. up. It's like, why do you need that? I always get. At, I have a, a buddy of mine um, who's a liberal, and we had this we had this discussion one time, and he actually. He's like, I want, I want you to tell me. It's not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but educate me, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. And, and we share coaching football in common, so I took it for what it was, and he, and he put it to me. And we're talking about specifically, specifically AR-15s. Why do you need that? I said it's not a matter of need. It's a matter of, it's a matter of demonstrating every single day that that. I, I am safe to own that, that that I haven't broken the law, that I store it properly. It's, so it's not a matter of me. It's something that I choose that I want to enjoy. I enjoy it properly in the designated areas and prove on a daily basis that I am safe to own this, safe to store it, and, and 
safe to, to possess it. So it's not a matter of need. It's a want. Yeah. It doesn't even need to get, it doesn't have to get to the, to the it, point it, well, of matter of and, need. And more importantly, you've paid for that, right? You've paid for it in licensing. You've paid for it in storage facilities. You've paid for it in investment in your property and all the accessories that go along with it. And so you've invested, you've taken money, okay, that you've earned working a job, money that you paid taxes on, and then you're going to buy what's with whatever's left over. You're going to buy something and pay taxes on it again. And so you've paid for and this enjoy item. enjoy that the way it's... It- the, the way that within the confines of the law that I can enjoy it. Absolutely. But you've, but you've paid for this thing and now all of a sudden there's going to be, there's going to be a sudden change in law that is going to make you a criminal, even though you may have owned that thing for decades and demonstrated for decades that you could be trusted with it. Now, possibly overnight, you could be turned into an, a criminal and, 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 of course, you wouldn't be just treated like a normal criminal either. If you're still in possession of those guns after a ban takes effect, then that would that would kind of uh, uh, produce a, a safety protocol in order to deal with you directly. You know, they would have to have a number of officers. I mean, if, if you had decided that you weren't going to turn over your property, there's been a change of law, you don't feel like giving it up because, you know, you feel that it's wrong that someone would confiscate it from you. If you decide that you don't want to give up that property, well, now all of a sudden you're going to be treated like a hardened, dangerous, a hardened, dangerous criminal. They will have to handle you with the same gloves that they do hardened criminals. And yet... There's people that have been convicted of drunk driving, killed people that are drunk drive, drunk driving, that are still walking around, still driving. Yes. So, oh. you know. Well, you know, the bottom line is, is people are still going to be able to get the guns uh, from the illegal sources that they obtain them from. And if we ignore that problem, it's only going to get worse. Yep. So why don't we instead take that money, okay, that would be wasted, wasted, millions and Redirect millions. It where it's been demonstrated the need lies. Yeah, absolutely. I say more police officers <laughs> on the street. I sure. say more more border agents, more intelligence, more border agents. Let's certainly not put people in the uncomfortable position of having to recover firearms or have people bring in their property to have it destroyed. I mean, like I would ask anybody that thinks it's okay to force someone to take a piece of their property to a location to watch it be destroyed against your will, right? If you're if you're okay with that, I got a problem with you. Right? Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you so know why? Yeah, so like I mean, I know it's, it's like that. It's like that meme you see people post. It's it's like you you know me. I like guns. If you don't if you don't like guns, then don't be my friend or whatever. You no, know, well, I, I can't probably remember how it probably, goes. You probably won't get along. Yeah, no, well, you won't get along. That's it. I, I I wouldn't think it's okay to take anything away from anybody if, if there's no evidence to suggest it's going to do any good. And and certainly there's a, a, an entitlement to that property you've paid for. So just because it's guns doesn't mean it's right. So I would ask you if you're okay with the idea of somebody taking guns away from people that have legally owned them, sometimes for decades, if you're okay with that, uh, then to, you, yeah. better, you better be okay with something... Yeah. Of yours you going to, missing, you have to understand yeah. that you're opening yeah. a door for other types of things to be removed. You know, and I've, and I've like yeah, or, like, and, and I've and I've often told people, you know, try try, try and imagine. Well, to explain it to this younger generation, you know, like just try and imagine the thing that you like the most, and yeah. now imagine we're somebody. Gonna take, we're going to take your video games, yeah, because they promote violence. Because all you do is run around 
like in Grand Theft Auto, shoot people in the head and bang prostitutes in a park. Yeah. And well, there's, there's kids in... When I, when I first started teaching grade four and grade five, kids would come to school after the weekend talking about how they played Grand Theft Auto. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eight years old, nine years old? Yeah. Playing oh, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Well, you know, again, you know, a lot of parents find it much easier just to plug their kid in and go, you know. Well, uh, but, I, but they don't... But that's the thing. They haven't taken the time to to understand maybe what the game's all about and what it promotes and everything else, well, right? Well, certainly, so, certainly parents that are more engaged seem to have uh, children that turn out a little bit more well-rounded and adjusted and, in my opinion, much more respectful. But uh, you know what, though? Back to video games and anything else that you like. Think of something that you like, really, really enjoy. You don't hurt anybody, you just enjoy. Imagine somebody walking in your life and just taking it from you yep. against your will. It's the same thing. For people that own <laughs> firearms legally, they've actually invested a lot of money, time, and energy and feel passionate about it. They enjoy it. They're not hurting anybody. Statistically, it's been proven. Now you're going to rip that thing out of their lives because you don't understand it. Uh, I would suggest that you be okay with something you enjoy being taken away from you. Uh, and if, Because, I mean, this is, this is the kind of thing. Like when you mentioned you know, taking away video games because they promote violence, you know, it's that kind of mentality that eventually leads us down that path you know if, if you think that it's okay to just take the guns away because something may go wrong you don't trust well you know if we can prove that video games promote violence then people shouldn't be allowed to have those either so now they start coming off the shelves right and you have to deal with things like censorship and you know being deprived of things that you should be able to enjoy and then it starts to look a lot more like a communist regime. Sure does. Right? And that's the kind of thinking that led to book burning. You know, like, and right, I mean... Right, four, five, one. You know, and, and so, like, to deprive people of things for their own good, you know, as a police officer over the years, you know, I, I certainly had more than my fair share of opportunities to abuse my authority. And I always considered it uh, an honor to be a police officer. I never wanted to abuse my power, and I certainly didn't want to be accused of that. I left my integrity intact, and I can tell you right now that a lot of people feel the same way uh you know it's important that you never you know abuse that and always understand that, that people's rights and freedoms uh should always take priority i mean and, and people would say you know they, it should take a back seat to safety well you have to be reasonable and it certainly has to be evidence-based and there's no evidence to suggest that it would nope. you know impact uh public safety in any positive there, way and there is evidence to, su to suggest that there are a number of other things out there that take take lives on a daily basis way more than 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 um, guns. Oh yeah, no, no, this is a buzz issue. They used it to win an election. I, I really do believe that. That's uh, that's that was definitely a big part of it. And I think that they're using this younger generation. I, I think I think they're gradually uh, starting to come uh, alive and awake. And we got to get more young people involved politically. Uh, you know, speak to your peers about it. I mean, if you feel like speaking out, like silencing people that want to speak out. I mean, right back to Don Sherry. It seems yeah. like I mean, uh, there seems to be this coordinated uh, effort by the left to silence people and to stop them from speaking the truth uh, because right now it's more important to not hurt people's feelings than to tell the truth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hey, what a sad state of affairs. It is. It, it is. is. Now, before we go, because we're getting yep. shy on time, yep. two quick things. Um, I saw a post on, on Trigger's Instagram, Trigger Wholesale's Instagram uh, feed the other day yep. that there's a whole bunch of space in that warehouse. Do you have any idea, maybe a little teaser, what might be coming in? <sighs> I'm not allowed to say. You can't even throw a I hint? can't. No, no. I'm no. messaging Mark. Next you go ahead. You go ahead. If he chooses to tell you, he will. I, you know what? I'm messaging I'm, Mark. You can't even give us a hint. All right. You know what? I'm, I'm sworn to secrecy. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, that what? I have a request. What's your request? If anybody out there 
has or knows of a Remington 10A 12-gauge shotgun. Oh, yeah. I'm on a mission. You're uh, looking for... You're looking for a unit. I'm looking for a unit. So yeah. it's Remington, and it, this is old. Remington 10A, not 10. It's got to be a 10A. Okay, what, what do we got? We got an approximate uh, year of manufacture, just for the people out there. That uh, like early 1900. My my the 1915. Remington. 1920. So, okay, so we've got a request. As long as it's a 10A. Okay, well, we got we got a request from the man himself. Coach Nick Henderson is uh, definitely looking for Please a... Please contact a, a, one a of ma, us. A, yeah, you know what? If you've got a uh, spare one kicking around... If it's a safe queen, yeah. Right? If you got a safe queen, uh, if you think you might be able to help out, please give us a call. Uh, DM us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would yeah, be DM greatly us. appreciated. Yeah, and un unless you're a good friend of mine and you happen to have my telephone number, yeah. you, you definitely give me a shout. Uh, we'd like to see that one please please again. yeah all right folks thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to like and subscribe and as always canada don't forget to shoot straight stay safe good night everyone